Prologues upon the Gospels by William Tyndale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Prologue upon the Gospel of St. Matthew. Here hast thou, most dear reader, the New Testament or covenant made with us of God in Christ's blood, which I have looked over again now at the last with all diligence and compared it with the Greek and have weeded out of it many faults which lack of help at the beginning and oversight did so therein if aught seem changed or not altogether agreeing with the greek let the finder of the fault consider the hebrew phrase or manner of speech left in the greek words whose preterperfect tense and present tense are oft both one and the future tense is the optative mood also and the future tense oft the imperative mood in the active voice and in the passive ever likewise person for person number for number and interrogation for a conditional and such like is with the hebrews a common usage i have also in many places set light in the margin to understand the text by if any man find faults either with the translation or aught beside which is easier for many to do than so well to have translated it themselves of their own understanding at the beginning without an example to the same it shall be lawful to translate it themselves and to put what they please thereto if i shall perceive either by myself or by information of other that aught has escaped me or might more plainly have been translated i will shortly after cause it to be amended howbeit in many places methinks it better to put a declaration in the margin than to run too far from the text and in many places where the text seemeth at the first hand to be understood yet the circumstances before and after and often reading together make it plain enough moreover because the kingdom of heaven which is the scripture and word of god may be so locked up that he which readeth it or heareth it cannot understand it as christ testifies that the scribes and pharisees had so shut it up matthew twenty three and had taken away the key of knowledge luke eleven that the jews who thought themselves within were so locked out and are so to this day that they can understand no sentence of the scripture unto their salvation though they can rehearse the text everywhere and dispute thereof as subtly as the popish doctors of dunce's dark learning who with their sophistry serve us as the pharisees did the jews therefore that i might be found faithful to my father and lord in distributing unto my brethren and fellows of one faith their due and necessary food so dressing it and seasoning it that the weak stomachs may receive it also and be the better for it i thought it my duty most dear reader to warn thee before and to show thee the right way in and to give thee the true key to open it and to arm thee against false prophets and malicious hypocrites whose perpetual study is to blind the scripture with glosses and there to lock it up where it should save the soul and to make us shoot at a wrong mark to put our trust in those things that profit their bellies only and slay our souls the right way yea and the only way to understand the scripture unto salvation is that we earnestly and above all things search for the profession of our baptism or covenants made between god and us as for an example christ saith matthew five happy are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy lo here god hath made a covenant with us to be merciful unto us if we will be merciful one to another so that the man who showeth mercy unto his neighbour may be bold to trust in god for mercy at all needs and contrariwise judgment without mercy shall be to him that showeth not mercy so now if he that showeth no mercy trust in god for mercy his faith is carnal and worldly and but vain presumption for god hath promised mercy only to the merciful 
and therefore the merciless have not god's word that they shall have mercy but contrariwise that they shall have judgment without mercy and matthew six if ye shall forgive men their faults your heavenly father shall forgive you but if ye shall not forgive men their faults no more shall your father forgive you your faults here also by the virtue and strength of this covenant wherewith god of his mercy hath bound himself to us unworthy he that forgiveth his neighbour may be bold when he returneth and amendeth to believe and trust in god for remission of whatsoever he hath done amiss and contrariwise he that will not forgive cannot but despair of forgiveness in the end and fear judgment without mercy the general covenant wherein all others are comprehended and included is this if we meek ourselves to god to keep all his laws after the example of christ then god hath bound himself unto us to keep and make good all the mercies promised in christ in all the scripture all the whole law which was given to utter our corrupt nature is comprehended in the ten commandments and the ten commandments are comprehended in these two love god and thy neighbour and he that loveth his neighbour in god and christ fulfilleth these two and consequently the ten and finally all the other now if we love our neighbours in god and christ that is if we be loving kind and merciful to them because god hath created them unto his likeness and christ hath redeemed them and bought them with his blood then may we be bold to trust in god through christ and his deserving for all mercy for god hath promised and bound himself to us to show us all mercy and to be a father almighty to us so that we shall not need to fear the power of all our adversaries now if any man that submitteth not himself to keep the commandments do think that he hath any faith in god the same man's faith is vain worldly damnable devilish and plain presumption as is above said and is no faith that can justify or be accepted before god and that it is that james meaneth in his epistle for how can a man believe saith paul without a preacher romans ten now read all the scripture and see where god sent any to preach mercy to any save unto them only that repent and turn to god with all their hearts to keep his commandments unto the disobedient that will not turn is threatened wrath vengeance and damnation according to all the terrible acts and fearful examples of the bible faith now in god the father through our lord jesus christ according to the covenants and appointment made between god and us is our salvation wherefore i have ever noted the covenants in the margins and also the promises moreover where thou findest a promise and no covenant expressed therewith there must thou understand a covenant that we when we be received to grace know it to be our duty to keep the law as for an example when the scripture saith matthew seven ask and it shall be given you seek and ye shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you it is to be understood that if when thy neighbour ask seek or knock unto thee thou then show him the same mercy which thou desirest of god then hath god bound himself to help thee again and else not also ye see that two things are required to be in a christian man the first is a steadfast faith and trust in almighty god to obtain all the mercy that he hath promised us through the deserving and merits of christ's blood only without any respect to our own works and the other is that we forsake evil and turn to god to keep his laws and to fight against ourselves and our corrupt nature perpetually that we may do the will of god every day better this have i said most dear reader to warn thee lest thou shouldst be deceived and shouldst not only read the scriptures in vain and to no profit but also unto thy greater condemnation
for the nature of god's word is that whosoever reads it or hears it reasoned and disputed before him it will begin immediately to make him every day better and better till he be grown into a perfect man in the knowledge of christ and the love of the law of god or else make him worse and worse till he be hardened that he openly resist the spirit of god and then blaspheme after the example of pharaoh korah abiram balaam judas simon magus and such others this to be even so the words of christ john three do well confirm this is condemnation saith he the light is come into the world but the men loved darkness more than light for their deeds were evil behold when the light of god's word cometh to a man whether he read it or hear it preached or testified and he yet have no love thereto to fashion his life thereafter but consenteth still unto his old deeds of ignorance then beginneth his just damnation immediately and he is henceforth without excuse in that he refused mercy offered him for god offereth mercy upon the condition that he will mend his living but he will not come unto the covenant and for that hour forward he waxeth worse and worse god taking his spirit of mercy and grace from him for his unthankfulness's sake and paul writes romans one that the heathen because when they knew god they had no desire to honour him with godly living therefore god poured his wrath upon them and took his spirit from them and gave them up to their own hearts lusts to serve sin from iniquity to iniquity till they were thoroughly hardened and past repentance and pharaoh because when the word of god was in his country and god's people scattered throughout all his land and yet he neither loved them nor it therefore god gave him up and in taking his spirit of grace from him so hardened his heart with covetousness that afterward no miracle could convert him hereunto pertaineth the parable of the talents matthew twenty five the lord commandeth the talent to be taken away from the evil and slothful servant and to bind him hand and foot and to cast him into utter darkness and to give the talent unto him that had ten saying to all that have more shall be given but from him that hath not that which he hath shall be taken from him that is to say he that hath a good heart towards the word of god and to garnish it with godly living and to testify it to others the same shall increase daily more and more in the grace of christ but he that loveth it not to live thereafter and to edify others the same shall lose the grace of true knowledge and be blinded again and every day wax worse and worse and blinder and blinder till he be an utter enemy to the word of god and his heart so hardened that it shall be impossible to convert him and luke fifteen the servant that knoweth his master's will and prepareth not himself shall be beaten with many stripes that is shall have greater damnation and matthew seven all that hear the word of god and do not thereafter build on sand that is as the foundation laid on sand cannot resist violence of water but is undermined and overthrown even so the faith of them that have no desire nor love to the law of god being builded upon the sand of their own imaginations and not on the rock of god's word according to his covenants turneth to desperation in time of tribulation and when god cometh to judge and the vineyard matthew twenty one planted and hired out to the husbandman who would not render to the lord of the fruit in due time and therefore it was taken from them and hired out to others confirms the same for christ saith to the jews the kingdom of heaven shall be taken from you and given to a nation that will bring forth the fruits thereof as it is come to pass for the jews have lost the spiritual knowledge of god and of his commandments and also all the scripture so that they can understand nothing godly and the door is so locked up that all their knocking is in vain though many of them take great pains for god's sake and luke thirteen the fig-tree that beareth no fruit is commanded to be plucked up 
and finally here too pertaineth with infinite others the terrible parable of the unclean spirit luke eleven who after he is cast out when he cometh and findeth his house swept and garnished taketh to him seven worse than himself and cometh and entereth in and dwelleth there and so is the end of the man worse than the beginning the jews they had cleansed themselves with god's word from all outward idolatry and worshipping of idols but their hearts remained still faithless to godward and toward his mercy and truth and therefore also without love and desire to his law and to their neighbour for his sake and through false trust in their own works to which heresy the child of perdition the wicked bishop of rome with his lawyers hath brought us christians were more abominable idolaters than before and became ten times worse in the end than at the beginning for the first idolatry was soon espied and easy to be rebuked of the prophets by the scripture but the latter is more subtle to beguile withal and a hundred times more difficult to be weeded out of men's hearts this also is a conclusion than which there is nothing more certain or more proved by the testimony and examples of the scripture that if any who favours the word of god be so weak that he cannot chasten his flesh him will the lord chastise and scourge every day sharper and sharper with tribulation and misfortune that nothing shall prosper with him but all shall go against him whatever he takes in hand and the lord will visit him with poverty with sicknesses and diseases and shall plague him with plague upon plague each more loathsome terrible and fearful than the other till he be at utter defiance with his flesh let us therefore that have now at this time our eyes opened again through the tender mercy of god keep a mean let us so put our trust in the mercy of god through christ that we know it to be our duty to keep the law of god and to love our neighbours for their father's sake who created them and for their lord's sake who redeemed them and bought them so dearly with his blood let us walk in the fear of god and have our eyes open unto both parts of god's covenants being certified that none shall be partaker of the mercy save he that will fight against the flesh to keep the law and let us arm ourselves with this remembrance that as christ's works justify from sin and set us in the favour of god so our own deeds through working of the spirit of god help us to continue in the favour and the grace into which christ hath brought us and that we can no longer continue in favour and grace than our hearts are set to keep the law furthermore concerning the law of god this is a general conclusion that the whole law whether they be ceremonies sacrifices yea or sacraments either or precepts of equity between man and man throughout all degrees of the world all were given for our profit and necessity only and not for any need that god hath of our keeping them or that his joy is increased thereby or that the deed for the deed itself doth please him that is all that god requireth of us when we be at one with him and to put our trust in him and love him is that we love every man his neighbour to pity him and to have compassion on him in all his needs and to be merciful unto him this to be even as christ testifieth in the seventh of matthew this is the law and the prophets that is to do as thou wouldst be done to according i mean to the doctrine of scripture and not to do that which thou wouldst not have done to thee is all that the law requireth and the prophets and paul to the romans chapter thirteen affirmeth also that love is the fulfilling of the law and that he who loveth doth of his own accord all that the law requireth and one timothy one paul saith that the love of a pure heart and good conscience and faith unfeigned is the end and fulfilling of the law for faith unfeigned in christ's blood causeth to love for christ's sake which love is the only pure love and the only cause of a good conscience for then is the conscience pure when the eye looketh to christ in all her deeds 
to do them for his sake and not for her own singular advantage or any other wicked purpose and john both in his gospel and also in his epistles never speaketh of any other law than to love one another purely affirming that we have god himself dwelling in us and all that god desireth if we love one another seeing then that faith to god and love and mercifulness to our neighbour is all that the law requireth of necessity the law must be understood and interpreted by them so that all inferior laws are to be kept and observed as long as they be servants to faith and love and then to be broken immediately if through any occasion they hurt either the faith which we should have to godward in the confidence of christ's blood or the love which we owe to our neighbours for christ's sake and therefore when the blind pharisees murmured and grudged at him and his disciples that they break the sabbath day and traditions of the elders and that he himself did eat with publicans and sinners he answered matthew nine alleging isaiah the prophet go rather and learn what this meaneth i require mercy and not sacrifice and matthew twelve o oh, that ye wist what this meaneth i require mercy and not sacrifice for only love and mercifulness understandeth the law and nothing else and he that hath not that written in his heart shall never understand the law no though all the angels of heaven went about to teach him and he who hath that graven in his heart shall not only understand the law but also shall do of his own inclination all that is required of the law though no law had been given as all mothers do of themselves without law unto their children all that can be required by any law love overcoming all pain grief tediousness or loathsomeness and even so no doubt if we had continued in our first state of innocence we should ever have fulfilled the law without compulsion of the law and because the law which is a doctrine that through teaching every man his duty doth utter our corrupt nature is sufficiently described by moses therefore little mention is made thereof in the new testament save of love only wherein all the law is included as seldom mention is made of the new testament in the old law save here and there are promises made unto them that christ should come and bless them and deliver them and that the gospel and new testament should be preached and published unto all nations the gospel is glad tidings of mercy and grace and that our corrupt nature shall be healed again for christ's sake and for the merits of his deservings only and yet that on condition that we turn to god to learn to keep his laws spiritually that is to say of love for his sake and will also suffer the curing of our infirmities the new testament is as much to say as a new covenant the old testament is an old temporal covenant made between god and the carnal children of abraham isaac and jacob otherwise called israel upon the deeds and the observing of a temporal law where the reward of the keeping is temporal life and prosperity in the land of canaan and the breaking is rewarded with temporal death and punishment but the new testament is an everlasting covenant made under the children of god through faith in christ upon the deservings of christ where eternal life is promised to all that believe and death to all that are unbelieving my deeds if i keep the law are rewarded with temporal promises of this life but if i believe in christ christ's deeds have purchased for me the eternal promise of the everlasting life if i commit nothing worthy of death i deserve to my reward that no man kill me if i hurt no man i am worthy that no man hurt me if i help my neighbour i am worthy that he help me again etc so that with outward deeds with which i serve other men i deserve that other men do the like to me in this world and they extend no further but christ's deeds extend to life everlasting unto all that believe etc these are sufficient in this place concerning the law and the gospel new testament and old so that as there is but one god one christ one faith one baptism even so understand thou that there is but one gospel though many write it and many preach it 
for all preach the same christ and bring the same glad tidings and thereto paul's epistles with the gospel of john and his first epistle and the first epistle of st peter are most pure gospel and most plainly and richly describe the glory of the grace of christ if ye require more of the law seek in the prologue to the romans and in other places where it is sufficiently treated of concerning this word repentance or as they used penance the hebrew hath in the old testament generally sob turn or be converted for which the translation that we take for st jerome's footnote the vulgate and footnote hath for the most part converti to turn to be converted and sometimes agere penitentiam and the greek in the new testament hath perpetually metanoeo to turn in the heart and mind and to come to a right knowledge and to a man's right wit again for which metanoeo st jerome's translation hath sometimes ago penitentiam i do repent sometimes peniteo i repent sometimes peniteor i am repentant sometimes habeo penitentiam i have repentance sometimes penitet me it repenteth me and erasmus uses much this word repisco i come to myself or to my right mind again and the very sense and signification both of the hebrew and also of the greek word is to be converted and to turn to god with all the heart to know his will and to live according to his laws and to be cured of our corrupt nature with the oil of his spirit and wine of obedience to his doctrine which conversion or turning if it be unfeigned these four do accompany it and are included therein confession not in the priest's ear, for that is but man's invention, but to God in the heart and before all the congregation of God, that we are sinners and sinful, and that our whole nature is corrupt and inclined to sin and all unrighteousness, and therefore evil, wicked, and damnable, and his law holy and just, by which our sinful nature is rebuked, and also to our neighbours, if we have offended any person particularly. Then contrition, sorrowfulness, that we are such damnable sinners, and not only have sinned, but are wholly inclined to sin still. Thirdly, faith, of which our old doctors have made no mention at all in the description of their penance, that God for Christ's sake doth forgive us and receive us to mercy, and is at one with us and will heal our corrupt nature. And fourthly, satisfaction or amends-making, not to God with holy works, but to my neighbour whom I have hurt, and the congregation of god whom i have offended if any open crime be found in me and submitting of a man's self unto the congregation or church of christ and to the officers of the same to have his life corrected and governed henceforth of them according to the true doctrine of the church of christ and note this that as satisfaction or amends making is counted righteousness before the world and a purging of sin so that the world when i have made full amends hath no further to complain even so faith in christ's blood is counted righteousness and purging of all sin before god moreover he that sinneth against his brother sinneth also against his father almighty god and as the sin committed against his brother is purged before the world with making amends or asking forgiveness even so is the sin committed against god purged through faith in christ's blood only for christ saith john thirteen except ye believe that i am he ye shall die in your sins that is to say if ye think that there is any other sacrifice or satisfaction toward god than me ye ever remain in sin before god howsoever righteous ye appear before the world wherefore now whether ye call this metanua repentance conversion or turning again to god either amending etc or whether ye say repent be converted turn to god amend your living or what ye please i am content 
so ye understand what is meant thereby, as I have now declared. A prologue made upon the Gospel of St. John. What John was is manifest by the three first evangelists, first Christ's apostle, and that one of the chief, then Christ's nigh kinsman, and for his singular innocence and softness singularly beloved, and of singular familiarity with Christ, and ever one of the three witnesses of most secret things. The cause of his writing was certain heresies that arose in his time, namely two, of which one denied Christ to be very God, and the other to be very man, and to become in the very flesh and nature of man, against which two heresies he wrote both his gospel and also his first epistle. And in the beginning of his gospel he saith that the word or thing was at the beginning, and was with God, and was also very God, and that all things were created by it, and that it was also made flesh, that is to say, became very man, and he dwelt among us, saith he, and we saw his glory. And in the beginning of his epistle he saith, We show you of the thing that was from the beginning, which also we heard, saw with our eyes, and our hands handled. And again, we show you everlasting life, which was with the Father, and appeared to us, and we saw, and we heard, and saw it, etc., in that he saith that it was from the beginning and that it was eternal life and that it was with god he affirms him to be very god and that he saith we heard saw and felt he witnesses that he was very man also john also wrote last and therefore touched not the history that the others had compiled but he wrote most of faith and promises and of the sermons of christ end of prologues upon the gospels by william tyndale